Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Doing the Devil's Tango. It's my little, uh, it's my little da- dating story, dating advice podcast. I mean, am I an expert in love? No. I, who is? Well, I mean, I'm nobody. Well, everyone except me, I thought, for a long time. But, you know, here I am now. You know, I'm not, I'm not like a psychologist. I'm not like a dating expert or whatever. I'm just a guy who's in his 30s, been around the block a few times. I watch Disney Channel movies for a living, okay? So I know a thing or two about girls, all right? No, but really, though, uh, this is my little dating advice, dating uh, story type podcast, whatever. Um, if you like it, then tell your friends or something like that. And of course, if you want to send in your own emails, you send them to devilstangopodcast at gmail.com and uh, you might get them on the show if it's good. First one here is from Lavinia. I believe that's how you say it. The title of this email is Dating My Student. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. I've seen a lot of those videos before, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Okay, my name is Lavinia. I'm 22 years old. I'm an English teacher in a language course in my country, Brazil. About a month ago, one of my students, he's also 22 years old, started following me on my Instagram. Uh Uh-oh. You know what that means? If someone follows you, then, I mean, you're basically in at that point. If If they didn't want to sleep with you, why would they follow you on Instagram? You know what I'm saying? This is sarcasm, by the way. Uh, We talked and we saw that we have a lot in common. After this, we went to the movies together and things between us started to get serious. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I mean, we're actually talking about having a relationship. <laughs> we're actually talking about a relationship. <laughs> the thing is, every time I see him in my class, I feel really guilty. Hmm. Although, even though we're both adults and we're not just messing around, we actually like each other. My question is, is it that wrong? Should I break up with him just because of this? I don't want to lose him or my job. Okay. So, hmm. So on the one hand... You know, you're his teacher, so there's definitely like a power dynamic going on there. There's definitely like a, you know, like, the, even if, I, I'm sure this would never happen, but just the idea, right? The idea of like, oh, well, if he sleeps with you, then he can get a good grade in the class, or maybe you're going to go more lenient on him, like even just like like subconsciously, you're going to like treat him a little better than everyone else, obviously, because you're <laughs> treating him real good other time, you know what I'm saying? So... There is that to worry about. Now, if you can separate that in your head, if you can sort of compartmentalize him as a student versus him as as the teacher, if you will, you know what I'm saying? Um, then uh, I don't think it's really that wrong, especially because you're both adults and you're both the same age. You know what I mean? Um, it's just, well, hold on. Now, is this, it says you're an English teacher in a language course in your country. Now, I don't know if this means like you teach, I mean, he's 22, you're 22, so... I'm guessing this is kind of like like when I was in Japan, um, what well, not not just when I was there, but all the time. I was also there at the time. But you know, there's like language schools where like after school or after work or whatever, people will go to like learn English, practice English, just talk English, whatever, whatever. Um, and I don't know if Brazil has the same type of thing, but that sounds like it's a similar type thing. Like he's 22, so I assume like after school and or after work and or on the weekends or whatever, he goes to this place to learn English for whatever reason. Now, if that's the case, like, I, I'm not saying that, like, you're not a real teacher and you don't work at a real school, because that's, that, that's, that's not what I mean. But it's just like, I don't know. I just feel like um, it's a very benign sort of teacher-student relationship. Like, it's not like you're, I mean, I, I don't know if you have certifications or how you got this job, but, like, it's not like you're a college professor or even, like, a college TA, I assume. Now, it says English language course. I don't know if this means at university or not. I might be totally wrong here. But if this is what I think it is, then... Uh, you know, it's a very benign type relationship. And as long as you can separate 
that from this, then I think you're totally fine. I mean, you could even uh, roll that into the role play a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you could you could uh, kind of turn that around on something. You could probably play with that if you're into that. Now, it seems like you're a little conflicted about how you should feel. Now, you should feel however you feel about it. Because you're 22, he's 22. I mean, like, legally, it's totally cool. Now, would you lose your job if it ever came out that you were dating? I don't know. I mean, I assume it's kind of a faux pas, or a fox pass, if you will. But... Um, I don't know, like, if there's, like, strict rules against that. And, I mean, if you like him and he likes you, and you already went on, here's, here's the thing. You already went on a date with him, and you said you were talking about being serious in that relationship. So, like, you know, it's like you've already kind of crossed that line, and you're worried about how you should feel about it. But, I mean, if you and him can both be, be semi-mature adults about it. Now, you're both 22. 22 is not, like, the most mature age, let's be honest here. I mean, when I was 22, I thought I was, like, such an adult. And, like, I'm so mature. I know everything now. And then I got to, like, 24, 25. And I'm like, I'm an idiot. I don't know nothing. But um, if you can both be mature about it, and if you get into an argument or you break up or whatever, um, then you know, you need to be able to sort of handle that maturely. If you don't think that you can or you don't think that he can, then I don't think it's a good idea. But um, based on the limited information that I have, I don't think it's that bad, especially since you're both exactly the same age. You know what I mean? Next email. Uh, Kelsey sent this to me and she said, I thought this one was very funny. So here we go. A little bit long. But let's let's uh, sit back. Let's take a little journey. Let's just pretend this is like an audiobook or something like that. It's, it's NPR. Welcome to uh, NPR. And today's uh, what, what's what's NPR show? Um, this American Life. Today in This American Life, underwater basket weaving as aromatherapy. I don't know. I've never listened to NPR. Whatever. Anyway, it says hello. So I've been reading that people or any animal in general have couples mainly to have descendants. Why are there then couples that don't want kids? <laughs> Why do people stay together? Oh, you are adorable. Uh, I don't know if I can say your name or not. I don't know how old you are, but this is adorable. So, so right off the bat, right off the bat, here she comes. I'm pretty sure it's a girl. It looks like a girl's name. Here she comes and she's like, animals and people, they only get married so they can have children. It's a biological function. So if there are couples who don't have kids, what's even the point? Why do you even stay together then? That's adorable. I'll answer that later. Here we go. It goes on. In our grandparents' time, the women stayed with the men because it was her only economical support. Even the secret for long marriages that people are always talking about is patience or tolerance or whatever. But now women are economically independent and people are not willing to tolerate every single thing, which they shouldn't. Okay, this is no excuse to tolerate things you don't want to tolerate. Leave your, it's your life. You got to live it. That's why we have so many divorces today, which to me is a great thing. It means that people find out after marriage that they are not good for each other and make their decision for a happier life. I agree. Why are people so obsessed with finding someone to spend their lives with when they can't even answer why they want that? What is the difference between a friend and a boyfriend? Most people answer sex, but there are friends you can have sex with. You can even have separate groups of friends for sports, friends to watch movies, friends to talk about stuff. Is a partner just a property then, someone you can call your own? Because I don't understand what other thing is to a relationship that you can't do with your friends. Now that we are realizing that everyone can be independent, we get bored pretty quickly from people. A relationship is just too much work and we're too busy. And the only reason to marry is to get nationality, follow your religion, or for legal reasons. Do you think couples are going to stop being a thing in the future? Well, you have thought about this a lot, apparently. 
Okay. Okay. So first of all, um, boy, where do you even start with this? I mean, fundamentally, what you're saying is true, right? That the whole institution of like marriage or even like couples being together is based on the idea of like, you know, women take care of the children and men go out hunting to get a saber tooth tiger or whatever it is, you know, go hunting for dinosaurs because Earth's only 6,000 years old, you know what I'm saying? No, um, but um, like, and so fast forward to today, women are working, women are more independent. Um, you know, even when couples do have kids, sometimes both parents are working and so the kids are taken care of by like grandparents or, or daycare or whatever, or, or like, or like whatever's going on. And of course, you know, part of the reason why school, the school schedule is the way it is, is to kind of accommodate like adults working. And also like, it's based on back when kids had to help out on the farm and stuff. So a lot of our modern day systems are very antiquated with the way the world is today, as we're seeing in 2020, when everything's turned upside down and turns out like, oh, we don't need to do all these things. And this doesn't have to be that way. Okay. But your point is, with things the way they are, with modern society the way it is, why then do couples even exist? You know, if, like you said here, you know, the difference between like having a guy friend and a boyfriend, some people would say it's like sex or whatever. I don't necessarily agree with that because like you said, you can have sex with friends. You can have a friends with benefits type relationship if you can do that. I certainly cannot do that, but some people can. Um but I mean, I feel like you're kind of underselling it a little bit because you say, you know, the difference between a boyfriend and a guy friend is just sex. But like, can't, couldn't you have sex with friends anyway? But I feel like, I don't know, the sex you get with a friends with benefits, I, I assume, and then the sex you get with someone that you are in love with has got to be very different. Um, I don't know. Like, you know, well, even, even if it's not like friends with benefits necessarily, but, you know, having sex with someone that you don't that you kind of like, and then having sex with someone that you really, really love is a very, very different experience. And I don't know how old you are, but perhaps you haven't experienced that yet. Um, but it is a very, very different thing. Now, not everyone feels that way. You know, some people polyamorous, some people are open relationships, some people are totally cool with casual stuff forever and ever, and that's fine. Live your life how you want. Um, I guess what it is, is, you know, humans are kind of fundamentally social creatures. I mean, I'm very introverted, but like, you know, you need to have someone to talk to, someone to hang out with, something to interact with, right? Um, and so the idea of like, I guess part of the reason why couples get together and or get married or whatever is it's kind of like, you say like, maybe it's like a a property thing where it's like, oh, I own this person and, and they own me and whatever, whatever. And I mean, fundamentally, I guess it's kind of like that, although that's a really, that's a really disingenuous way of selling it. Um, but just the idea of it's like, you know, I'm with, well, let's take, let's take my girlfriend, Kelsey, for example. It's like, I'm with her and I, like, even when you have friends, um, as you said, people have different friends for different reasons, where it's like you have a friend that you talk about this and you have friends for sports and you have friends for drinking, and you have friends for whatever it is, right? You have friends for different things. And that's, I think a lot of people have those kinds of friends, but having like a sort of life partner, quote unquote, whatever you want to call it, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever it is. Um, having someone like that where it's like, they know everything about you. You know everything about them. They're intimate with, you know, every part of your life and you're with them. And it's like, you kind of go through life together, um, you know, overcoming obstacles 
like doing, I mean, like, could you do that and be single and be happy? Probably. I mean, as I've said many times on these podcasts, like being able to be happy while single is probably the greatest skill you can ever learn. But just because you're content with being single doesn't mean that like, therefore you should be single forever, unless you want to be, in which case go ahead. But like, I could go through life single and be fine. But the fact that I get to go through life now with Kelsey, um, it it makes it all better. It just makes everything better. It sounds like you've never been in love before, uh, whatever your name is. It sounds like you haven't really found the right person or maybe you've just never been in a relationship before. Maybe you're just, I don't know, you see people around you getting together, breaking up, going through all this drama and you're just like, wow, what if you're just single forever? Why is everybody doing that? And I don't necessarily totally disagree with what you're saying, especially if you're younger, like a teenage years, like every relationship sucks when you're a teenager. As I've said before, the best high school relationship is just going to be pretty mediocre in the long run. So like people put way too much stake in it. But uh, going back to what I was saying, it's totally possible for people to go through life single and be fine and just have friends and, and maybe they hook up now and then for fun or whatever. And that's a very valid lifestyle to have, but it's not the lifestyle that I want and that a lot of people want. A lot of people want to have someone that like you can rely on all the time or, well, in theory, you should be able to rely on them all the time or else why would you be with them? Uh, but like just to be with someone that like, knows you so intimately um, that you can tell them all the secrets and you can tell them things you can't tell anyone else and, and they know things about you and no one else knows. And just having that, that someone who's there um, on both like a you know physical, emotional, and mental level is way better than being single, although being single is also way better than being with the wrong person, that's for sure. Um, now, of course, you could also have like a best friend, but... According, based on your logic, the way you wrote it here, it's like, okay, if you had like a best friend that you hung out with every single day and you had sex with and you, you know, did all the stuff with, then even if you don't label yourself as like a partner slash girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, it's like, that's basically what it is. It's like having a best friend that has agreed to be your best friend forever, no matter what, in theory, I guess, um, and that includes all of the sexual things and all the romantic things, emotional things, whatever, whatever. You know, because people can have best friends, but I feel like the idea of friends is that it's two people who lead very independent lives and then they, you know, hang out and they sort of, their paths intersect every so often when they hang out and have fun or maybe they know each other from high school or they've been friends since college or whatever it is. Um, but being in a couple, whether it's married or, or just, you know, together romantically, whatever, is so much more than just a friendship. Although I strongly believe that the person you date should be your best friend. Um, like you sometimes see those posts on like Reddit or whatever. And it's like, it's like today I married my best friend. You know, it's like, well, no, duh. Like <laughs> who else would you marry? Heaven forbid you marry someone that you actually like, you know what I'm saying? Um, but like, like Kelsey is absolutely my best friend in every way. Like I tell her everything. I want her to know everything about me. I want to know everything about her. Like I want us to share like so many parts of ourselves with each other. Um, and, and I think there's so much more to it than just like, you know, oh, I'm friends with this person, but then I kind of sleep with this person when I, when I feel like it. And then this is the person that I go see movies with. It's like, you could definitely do that. That seems way overly complicated for me. I know some people are real like social butterflies and all that and more power to you. That's great. I couldn't do that. For me, it's like, I don't know. I'm a very focused rather intense person. So it's like, I want to give like 110% to 
a few people or even just one or two or whatever, um, where it's like, where I, I know that my return on investment is worth it, I guess you could say. Not that I think of it that way, but just, you know, to, to use metaphors. So like, you could spread yourself thin with a bunch of different friends if you wanted to, but then you wouldn't have like that one anchor point where it's like, no matter what, this person has your back. No matter what, you know you can tell them. When you're sad, you can talk to them. When you're mad, you can talk to them. When there's something going on that no one else understands except them, you can talk to them about it. You know what I mean? But spreading your life out between a bunch of halfway superficial friends, I guess, where it's, you know, not that friends are superficial, but just the idea where it's like, okay, well, this is my movie friend and this is my gossip friend and this is my gaming friend. But it's like, what if you had one person who was all of those things for you that you played games with, you went to see movies with, when there was a, a funny meme, the first person you want to send it to is that person. Um, when you're, one of your parents dies or when something happens, like you, you know you have this person that you can always turn to no matter what. That's way better than just having to go through your friends list like, uh, which friend would put up with me today? You know what I mean? Um, so that's how I see it. I would rather have a few very close friends than have a whole bunch of friends that only really like me for one thing. You know what I mean? Like people have those friends where it's like you only do one thing with them. You know, it's like, oh, this is the friend that I go do this with. This is the friend I, whatever. And it's like, if you lose interest in that one hobby, then like, you're just not friends anymore, apparently. You know, it's like, that seems like a really weird way to have a friendship. I would rather be friends with someone who is just kind of like my friend or like, who's just kind of my friend. That makes no sense. Uh, what? <laughs> let me back that up. I'd rather be friends with someone who's like, an all-encompassing friend. Or like I said, like, you know, being with Kelsey, it's like, she's my best friend and my girlfriend and we play games together and we watch movies together and we talk about news together. And it's like, you know, it's like, no matter what's happening in my life, I know I can turn to her with whatever it is and we can talk about it and have a good time. Um, or just, you know, she'll be there to listen or she'll be there when I'm feeling emotional about something or whatever it is. Having that anchor point is, is for me personally, it's like, essential. Um, now, you know, you might want to live your life with just a bunch of semi-close friends who you talk to, you know, every so often based on one or two different topics, but I would not want to live my life that way because, mainly because I'm busy, I feel like. Like, I have so many things I'm doing, doing YouTube, and doing podcasts, and doing all these things, and it's like, you know, I want to have just like uh, as few points of failure as possible, I guess, because with more friends, with more people in your life in general comes more drama and stress, generally speaking, right? Because it's like the more people can make you mad, the more people can let you down, the more people can stab you in the back, whatever, whatever. Um, and so I guess maybe that's just a fundamental difference in how we live our lives. If you want to live your life by being single and, and just having some friends that you do for various things, what? Friends that you do for various things. Can you believe I talk for a living? Um, friends that you have for, you know, one or two specific reasons. That's totally a valid way to do it. But as for your question about why couples exist, I think it's just what I just said. You know, like people want that anchor point that kind of keeps them. It's like anchor point or just like a home. Like, you know, when you're with friends, you hang out and then you part ways and then whatever. But like when, when you're in a really good relationship with someone, like how like with me and Kelsey, it's like being with her, this is going to sound so cheesy. I mean, this, if I heard this line in a movie, I would be like, kill me now. But like, it's true. So I'm just going to say it. But like whenever I'm with Kelsey, it just feels like I'm going home or whatever, you know, like, and like home is whatever you want to be. Home is wherever you make it. But it's like, I don't know, whenever we're together, because we live about three and a half hours apart uh, for the time being. And so 
whenever we hang out or whenever she comes up to see me or I go down to see her or whatever, like it really just feels like I'm going home and like there's a, there's a feeling of like, I don't know, uh, like a peace or serenity or something that like, you know, when I'm in my house by myself, like it's totally fine, but it's like, I would rather that she also be there or I would rather be with her wherever it is, wherever we are, whatever we're doing. Um, just because it, it really feels like it's that feeling of, like going home, you know, I guess like, like for me, you know, my childhood home, like doesn't really exist anymore. Well, I guess it does, but like, you know, my parents have moved since we all moved out. I lived in Japan for 12 years and I came back, you know, now I live in a totally different place than where I grew up. And so it's like home is kind of wherever I want it to be, I guess. And it's really the, the feeling of that feeling you get when you're home and everything is familiar and safe and, and kind of warm and cuddling it's like it's like you got a blanket wrapped around your heart or whatever you know what i'm saying but um like that feeling is what i get when i'm with kelsey and i definitely would not get that feeling with just like a friend who's just like oh you want to you want to play destiny or whatever you know what i mean um so i think that's the reason why couples will always exist is because people People want that and need that. And maybe you're too young. Maybe you haven't experienced that yet. Maybe you don't really know what that feels like. Um, but when you, when you do, like, you'll know. You'll get it. Or not. Or you'll just cry yourself to sleep every night. I don't know. Next email. Dating advice. It says, hi, Kelsey and Alex. Yeah, sorry, Kelsey's not here. We had a fight uh, about which Land Before Time movie is the best. So now it's just me on the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Just kidding. That never happened. I'm Ethan and I'm 16. All right. I recently started dating a wonderful chick. Okay, well, uh, step one, don't call girls chicks because that's weird. Uh, same age as me. I've known since middle school. This is kind of my first relationship I've been in, and I'm worried that I might do something wrong or mess it up somehow. I know we're definitely thinking of it becoming sort of long-term thing, even though we're pretty young, but because of COVID, I'm afraid that the magic might run out before we can start to go on any romantic dates and hang out more. Is there any advice you guys might have or anything that might help? Um, well, Ethan... The truth is, and I, I I don't mean to be like a little, little Debbie Downer here, you know what I'm saying? But like, it's probably not going to last all that long and it's probably not going to be that great. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't pursue it. I'm just saying, like you, you said here, you're like, I want it to become a long-term thing. It's, you know, it's just wonderful. I don't want the magic to die out. Those are all good thoughts to have. But the truth is like, I don't know, you're both young and stupid and I don't mean that in like an overly derogatory way. I'm just saying it's a fact. Like you have little life experience based on like people who are older because that's how time works. Shocking. But um, like, I don't know. Because you're saying like because of COVID, you don't know. Because of COVID, you don't know if the magic is going to run out or you don't know if it's going to be long term or what's going to happen or like what if I mess it up? I mean, the thing is you're going to mess up almost all your relationships. That's just how it is. I've said this a million times. I'll say it every, every podcast if I have to, but every relationship will fail until one doesn't, right? And this is your first one. And not only is it probably going to fail, but like, I don't know, it probably should <laughs> just because like you need that experience. You need to learn like how you feel about certain things. Like, I don't know, like maybe you think like, oh, you know, I just want to be all, I just want a girlfriend, that's it. I don't care anything else. I just want a girl with a pulse, you know what I'm saying? But like, um, I don't know, like you date her and then you're going to get to know her and you're going to realize like, oh, I don't really like girls like this or I don't really like it when people say these things or do these things or like, I don't want this kind of life. Um, and you won't learn those things about yourself until you go through a relationship that, that fails, you know what I mean? So if it fails because of COVID, then there's nothing you can do about it. And I don't think you should be that upset. 
I mean, I know that's, that's a lot to ask when you're 16, you have your first girlfriend. It's like, of course you're going to be upset. You're going to be heartbroken. Your first heartbreak is going to destroy you. Okay. Like you're going to be, you're going to be like, um, just, just laying in your bed days at a time. You just got Paramore. You you're going to be laying in your bed like for days at a time. You got Paramore just blasting all day, My Chemical Romance, and you're just like, life is over. The pain is, is why am I doing that? You're going to be like the last person who wrote in and be like, couples are outdated anyway. Love is a lie. Wrestling is fake. You know what I'm saying? What's the point of life? But like, it's going to suck, but you're going to learn a lot. Um, and, you know, a lot of things in life, they suck until you get used to them and then they don't suck anymore. But breakups always suck. So just, <laughs> good luck, Ethan. You know what I'm saying? But as far as what to do during COVID to keep the magic alive, uh, there's really nothing specific you can do. Just uh, just talk to her and and hang out with her and tell her she's pretty and find common ground and then hopefully you guys are cool. You know, I mean, like... Yeah, I don't know, because, well, Kelsey and I met, like, right in the middle of the pandemic, and our relationship is great, but we're both very introverted homebodies who um, like to stay home and play video games and watch movies, so it's like, so we're both, it's great that way. I don't know what kind of person this girl is that you're dating or whatever, I don't know who you are, but, I mean, if there is some common thing you can do during the pandemic, like, you can, even if it's just FaceTiming or you can play some game online together, like Kelsey and I play like Overcooked 2 on our Switches like every night for weeks at a time. Um, there's, you know, there's things you can do to spend time together, assuming you have that kind of common ground. Now, on the flip side, if you don't really have any hobbies in common and you don't have things to talk about and you don't have, you know, then like the relationship is doomed anyway. So like just, I can't really give you like a concrete answer, but it's just, you know, find something to do, find common ground, talk to her. Uh, be, be funny. If there's one advice I could give any guy, especially when you're young going forward in life, is learn how to be funny. Like, I'm not the funniest guy ever, but I feel like I can, I feel like I'm a pretty enjoyable person to talk to uh, more often than not. And, you know, I mean, the whole reason Kelsey even liked me at all is because I made her laugh. And then she's like, oh, well, goodness gracious, she made me laugh so much, now we're dating. You know what I mean? So if you're a guy, uh, learn how to be funny. <laughs> that's, that's the best advice I can give you. Next email. This is from Naomi. It says, Hey Alex, I'm a 24 year old woman. I went on a business trip for about two weeks. When I got back, I found that my boyfriend, 25, was going to a strip club while I was gone. Okay. Well, I assume he's not your boyfriend anymore. That was very upsetting because I'm an all or nothing kind of gal. Good for you. You know, I mean, everyone has their lives. Everyone lives lives the way they do, but yeah, I'm also like an all or nothing person. It's like, if you want to be with me, be with me. If you don't want to be with me, be with someone else. It's very simple. I try to keep my life as simple as possible. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, they invite drama or they put up with drama or they create drama or whatever, you know. And it's like, well, I, you know, I'm dating this person, but then I, I, I'm also friends with my ex. And then also there's, you know, these things going on in my life. And there's also all these guys that want to hook up with me, but I'm still just friends with them, even though I know they want to hook up with me, but I like the attention, I guess. And, but like people just have all these like weird drama things in their life. And it's like, I keep my life very simple. It's all or nothing, you know, like no dead weight, burn the bridges, whatever. So I, I commend you. <clears throat> when I confronted him about it, he shrugged and said it was a one-time thing. When I brought it, when I brought it up a second time, he dodged the question. We usually have a very good communication, but I can't seem to get a straight answer out of him. Should I let it go or bring it up again? Do not let it go. If something is important to you, don't let it go. Don't tolerate things you don't want to tolerate. Don't become complacent. You know, I feel like this is such a, uh, this is such a common thing that people do in relationships where it's like, 
um, I don't know, like they just put up with things. It's like they just kind of put up with things until they can't anymore rather than just addressing the issue like right away because, you know, they don't want to be the nitpicky, naggy girl. You know, they want to be like the, the overbearing, controlling guy who's whatever. And I mean, I, th- I feel like there's a fine line. I'm pretty sure there's a fine line. I like to believe there's a fine line between like being, you know, overly like helicopter girlfriend, helicopter boyfriend, like overly controlling and then also just simply having boundaries, right? Now, how you approach that is of course, you know, that can determine a lot of things. But like him going to a strip club clearly bothers you. And the fact that he's shrugging it off and doesn't understand that it's a big deal or why it's a big deal, that's kind of a red flag to me. The fact that he can't really understand your feelings about this as to why um, that's the case. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever talked about this before, specifically like, hey, are strip clubs okay? But I feel like he probably knew that it wasn't okay, but he did it anyway because he wanted to and he didn't care about how you would feel or whatever that boundary may or may not be. If he actually cared about your feelings... I guess I can, only come, I can only come at this from my perspective, but if he actually cared about your feelings, he would ask you. He'd be like, hey, my friends want to go to a strip club. Is that cool? Or how do you feel about that? Now, if he was really smart, he would already know based on your personality and who you are and what's going on. He would know like, oh, you know what? Like she would really not like it if I did this. I probably shouldn't do it. And then he wouldn't do it because he actually likes you and actually cares about you. But the fact that he didn't do that means that eh, he might not like you as much as you think he does. Um... Now, I guess, well, the ideal situation would be mine, which is where he wouldn't even want to go to a strip club because he's with you. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's like, why, why would he want to go there and look at other girls on his own? When I mean, if you guys went as a couple, as a couple's thing, I could see how that would be maybe enjoyable for certain couples. But like, you know what I mean? It's like, why would he want to do that? It's like, okay, well, he wants to see some hot girls bouncing the boobies around. All right, fine. So whatever. And then the next step is like, if I do this, how is she going to feel about it? And he didn't seem to care how you would feel. And then the third step is him actually going there and doing it. And the fourth step is him shrugging it off when you're obviously and, you know, like, no duh, like upset about it. So I I can think of multiple red flags going on here at once as to why this guy would... Clearly he crossed a boundary. Um, You know, people talk about like what is and is not cheating. I feel like the real answer to what or what is not, what is or is not cheating is like, it's whatever boundary you two set for each other. And then someone crosses that boundary. And you know, maybe the word cheating is not quite applicable, but it's just the idea. The whole point of cheating is that you cross a boundary that should be very obvious. Like do not sleep with anyone but me. Do not kiss anyone but me. Do not, uh, you know, flirt with someone on the text messages. Do not hang out one-on-one with with a girl I've never even met before. Whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, people have different boundaries. People are comfortable with different things. But like, I don't know. I feel like going to a strip club specifically while your girlfriend is away on a trip is such an obvious thing. Like, why would you do that unless unless you, Naomi, were totally cool with it, which obviously you're not. But like if you had discussed it before or if he's like, hey, me and my buddies are going to a strip club and you're like, all right, have fun. Let me know if anyone cutes there or something like that. Like I said, I can see how that would be an interesting thing for some couples to do. But your question is, should you let it go or keep asking? You should absolutely keep asking, okay? Just because, because here's the thing. If you let him shrug it off and he can just like ignore the problem and walk away, then that's how he's going to handle every issue he ever does. Because once he knows that he can walk all over you, he's just going to be tapped into like Gene Kelly. You know what I'm saying? Just singing in the rain all over your face. That could be taken a very different way, but let's just move on. Um, 
So, you know, don't let him walk all over you if this is an actual issue for you. If it's something that's very innocuous and benign, like uh, he loaded the dishwasher wrong or whatever, it's like that's something you can probably let go and just be like, well, you know, whatever, we'll try again later. But like something like this that clearly bothers you a lot and that he is just either on purpose or on accident just totally oblivious to why this would be an issue, um, you should absolutely not let him walk all over you. Because like I said, once you do that, then he will always do that. And that'll be your dynamic in your relationship until you break up and resent him for it. And then you're basically just setting a time bomb at that point. So I do not recommend doing that. Or you could just smother him in his sleep. You know what I'm saying? Last email, I think. It says, hello, Alex and Kelsey. Uh, the title of this is Porn and Relationships. You know what I'm saying? I am eight. Uh, my name is Clara. I am 18 years old. And I have thought about the influence of watching pornography on my sex life a lot recently. I'm in a wonderful relationship with my boyfriend, who is 19. We've both been together for two years now. Okay, cool. We both started watching porn at the age of 12 or 13. Huh. You know, I was going to say that's really early, but I feel like I started watching porn at like 10. So, you know, I mean, I, I typed in like Sailor Moon boobs once and just my, my life was changed forever. Tells you a lot about me, by the way. Anyway, we started, I don't know if I should admit that on a podcast. Kelsey, you going to cut that out? I don't know. Maybe leave it in. Who knows? People just lose all respect. All my subscribers unsubscribe. Anyway, we both started watching porn at the age of 12 or 13. We talk a lot in general, so we talked about porn as well. And I realized that I don't really know how to deal with this topic because I never felt good when I watched porn. And so I wonder how my sex life would have been if I never watched it. How much do you think porn influences people's sex lives? Okay, so... One thing that Kelsey and I do almost every night is we go on Reddit. We go on r slash relationships or r slash uh, relationship advice or dating advice or whatever. And we read through the posts and we find some real, some real juicy ones. You know what I'm saying? Just real, just real good ones. And then we discuss it. We talk, basically, basically every night we have a little podcast like this where we read people's issues and talk about it. And one post that comes up a lot on those like dating advice, relationship advice uh, forums, whatever, is about porn and relationships and guys and their spank banks and all, you know, like there's one that comes up a lot where it's like, I found that my boyfriend saves uh, a bunch of his friends, uh, Snapchat stories and Instagram posts on his phone in his like, in his like, his whack-a-mole folder, whatever you want to call it, you know what I mean? Um, or, or it's, you know, like, or he, or one thing we read a lot is like, the girl will be like, we haven't had sex you know, we used to have sex every day. Now we have it like maybe once a week or once every two weeks, but he jerks off the porn every day. Uh, how should I feel about that? Whatever, whatever. So I will say that porn definitely has an influence in relationships, 100%. Now, your question was, in what ways does it? Um, now, everyone's different. You know, you started watching it. He started watching it. I mean, obviously, I think the obvious one is like, you know, I feel like a lot of people's fetishes and kinks and whatever, they kind of develop based on the porn that they watch. Like, you know, if you're, if you're from a young age and you watch a certain type of porn, then you're probably going to want to try those things. You're like, I wonder what that feels like. I wonder what this feels like. I mean, like, I will say probably, now I'm a guy, um, in case you had noticed, and I'm not sure exactly how porn affects women, but I, I know that it affects men and women very differently, mainly because of the, 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 the biology, the, the sort of the makeup of the human body, right? Like, this, this is going to get real explicit for a second here, but like, I don't know, this is, this is a podcast that's explicit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what to sign up for. It's a dating and sex advice podcast. Come on. Um, so, you know, women have these superpowers where they can basically orgasm as many times as they want. 
in theory. Now, again, every woman's different. Some women have a very difficult time orgasming. Some women can orgasm real quick. But, you know, by and large, like, you know, women will orgasm and their refractory period is like five seconds and then they're ready to go again. So women can just, just orgasm, 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 or theoretically as many times as they want until it feels like nothing. And then it's like, well, I guess I'll, I guess I'll do the dishes now. But men's bodies are very different. Like, you know, after a man has an orgasm, the refractory period, which is the period of time when like you, you basically cannot get aroused, um, can last, uh, you know, 10, 20 minutes all the way up to several hours. Um, and sometimes all day, depending on a variety of factors. So basically what I'm saying is like, you know, women have just, women can just be like orgasm machine guns and, and, and men, it's kind of like a cannon where it's like you get one and then you're kind of done more or less. Like, you know, like typically during sex, it's like, you know, when, when the man orgasms, sex is over basically for the most part. Now that depends on a variety of factors and, and a whole different things, but generally speaking, like as, as any person listening will probably tell you, once the man orgasm, sex is basically over at that point. Then, then there's like cuddling and then you can talk and then maybe there's some other things you can kind of do, but like the main event is over. Now, why this is important is because, you know, when men watch porn and then they masturbate, like, like basically what I'm saying is men have like a quota of how many orgasms they can kind of have per day for the most part. Now, I know some people can be, you know, absurd and like, oh, you know, I jerk off 20 times a day, you know what I'm saying? like me at 14, just, just turning that thing into elephant skin, you know, but like, you know, for the most part, there's a quota, like, you know, two, three times per day, max, a guy can orgasm. Um, and even then the third one is kind of just like a puff of smoke just (laughs) comes out, you know what I'm saying? And so if a guy watches porn and he jerks off and then later the, his girlfriend or whoever wants to have sex, like some guys like physically cannot do that at that point. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, I I jerked off uh, 45 minutes ago. I can't, I can't have sex with you for at least another couple hours now. Now, some guys are different. Um, you know, some guys have a very short one. Some guys, like, they come and they can just go again, like, five minutes later. Some guys need five hours. It's, you know, it depends. And so, in that way, porn can definitely influence your sex life. And just, like, you know, if you have a guy who is watching a lot of porn and jerking off a lot, then you're probably not going to be having, a, like, a lot of sex, I guess just because he physically won't be able to get it up or orgasm or whatever at that point. And so like my advice to a lot of guys, now I want to preface this by saying that like, I, I think porn is totally cool. I've absolutely no issue. Like it's, you know, it's, it's great, but family friendly YouTuber, what's going on everybody? I watch Disney Channel movies really, I make cartoons. What's up? But like porn in and of itself is, is perfectly fine. But, um, when you enter a relationship, I would, this is advice I would give to any guy listening, okay? I would strongly recommend, you know, live your life however you want, but I strongly recommend you stop watching porn when you're in a relationship or, or minimize as much as possible or preferably like, you know, your girlfriend sends you like sexy pics, nudes, maybe you take videos of each other, you know, doing the, doing some, something, you know what I'm saying? A little devil's tango, you know what I'm saying? But like, um, and you know, I suppose you could probably jerk off to those if you wanted to or be aroused by those, but in general, I would strongly recommend that you avoid porn as much as possible when you're in a relationship because A, like I just said, if you're watching porn, you're jerking off, then you're kind of filling your orgasm quota for the day. And it's like, you could be having sex with her twice a day, but instead you're only having it like twice a week because the other times you're, you jerk off and then you're just, you're like, oh, well, I guess I'll play Call of Duty now, you know? And so 
for that reason, I would recommend, you know, everyone's libido is different. Okay. I'm just speaking in general terms here. I recommend doing that. Um, the other reason is because it's like, as any guy can tell you, like dicks can be very fickle. Okay. Penises are very fickle things. And like, you know, like if a woman has trouble getting um, aroused, shall we say, then there's a very simple, you can use lube, you can use coconut oil, like you can kind of get the job done pretty simply, even if she's, if her body's not quite responding the right way. But if, if as a guy, if your body's not responding the right way, like you, it's over. It's game over. You can't do anything. Like you, you can't like, you can't make it get hard. And then the more you think about it, the, the harder it is to get hard. You know what I'm saying? And so like, if, if you're able to focus all of your kind of sexual energy, which I know sounds real like like hokey woo-woo stuff, but you know what I'm saying? Like your kind of, your perviness, right? Your, your sex drive, um, your libido juice. Um, if, you, if you're able to, I need help. Um, if, if you're able to focus that into the person you're dating, then not only will your sex life be better in general, but I feel like your relationship will also be a lot better. Um, just because like everyone's experienced this before, right? You know, guys have this thing, you know, it's called, um, what do you call it, like post-nut clarity, or uh, in Japan they call it sage time, which is where like right after a guy orgasms when he enters the refractory period, it's, it's, like, it's like the clouds are lifted, your brain is like totally clear, and your brain just like shifts over like almost right away. Like every girl's experience this, right? Where, like you're with a guy and he's all like, oh, I love you so much, oh, you're so hot. And then after your orgasms, immediately he's just like, falls asleep or he just like rolls over just looks at his phone or he's like uh so i was on tv you know becomes a totally different person all of a sudden and that is definitely a thing it's like when a guy's like really aroused by a girl like you know it's like oh you know it's like oh i'm so in love with this girl she's so hot oh this girl's so amazing i can't wait to whatever whatever and then once that's that's gone then he can kind of then he shifts over into you know being whoever he is as a person i guess usually a piece of garbage but whatever and so uh, what, what I'm saying is like, if you can kind of focus that energy onto one person and kind of hold on to it instead of like, instead of just releasing it when, you know, as soon as you feel it, you know what I'm saying? Um, then like you, you'll be, I mean, it, like, it's not, it, it's not like you're, it's not like you're, it's not like you wouldn't be into that person otherwise, but it's like, you're kind of training your brain and body to like actually really be into this person that you're with instead of just like as a sex thing or whatever. The other thing about like porn and stuff is back to what I said about like, you know, what you kind of watch and especially for guys, like how you masturbate really affects how your dick works. And so it's like, you know, if you, if you masturbate, if you get your body so used to masturbating, like sitting in a chair or laying in your bed um, and looking at, you know, certain types of things, then it's like when it comes time for sex, your body won't really associate what you're doing with sexual things because it's so used to getting sexual stimuli other ways. Like, like for example, a lot of guys have trouble staying hard while they're standing. Um, and because guys don't jerk off when they're standing, you know, you know, cause like chances are you jerk off more often than you have sex. Unless, like I said, you kind of abstain from porn and masturbating as much as possible when you're in a relationship. I'm not saying you should never do it. I'm just saying it's like, you know, if you, if you expel all that energy into the person you're with rather than doing it yourself and then having sex with them sometimes, then your body and your brain and your dick and whatever, so they'll like associate all those feelings with that person specifically. So again, it's kind of like a, like a life hack, I think, or whatever you want to call it. But, and so like, you know, when you masturbate, like looking at certain things and, and 
like, you know, and your body's in a certain position, then that's how your body's going to kind of associate getting aroused with. So then when it comes time to have sex, like your body won't really know what to do. So, so again, in another way, uh, your question is like, how does porn affect relationships? You know, porn, porn indirectly, but really like how the guy masturbates. Like, uh, oh, I, th- I think that's very common is, you know, especially when you're young. Um, and you live like at home, whatever. It's like a lot of guys, I mean, girls probably do this too, but again, I don't think it affects them the same way. For guys, it's like, guys will masturbate just so they can orgasm as quickly as possible because it's like, oh, I got five minutes, mom's coming back from the supermarket any second. I just gotta rub one out. All right, come on. Um, But like, and so when a lot of guys have sex, they orgasm very quickly because again, their dick, their their brain, their body is like used to that. It's like, oh, we're having sex. That means we got to come in like 30 seconds because mom's coming home from supermarket. Mom's coming home from Blockbuster. She's bringing the ring too. And so, you know, again, it's like if you can stop masturbating and stop looking at porn, you can kind of reset that. Um, or if you, you can kind of train yourself to get used to different ways, but that's a whole different discussion. But the other thing too is like, you know, humans are very visual creatures, especially men, I feel like. And I, you know, I feel like there's maybe some debate on that, but like, if you get so used to getting aroused and orgasming, looking at a certain, like looking at sex from like a certain angle, like when you're having sex, you like, you you can't see the other person from the same angle as a cameraman would have in a porn, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, and, and chances are when you're having sex, your eyes are closed a lot of the time because you're, you're making out and you're, you're doing stuff. And like, so it's like, you know, you get your mind and your body so used to looking at things visually that when you have sex, it doesn't look like that. And so sometimes the brain just doesn't really associate things with like the actual sex itself because it's so used to getting aroused via a different stimuli. So... Uh, just to repeat myself, I would strongly recommend men specifically to avoid porn and reduce masturbation as much as possible when you're in a relationship. Obviously, if it's long distance or, you know, COVID, whatever, whatever, there's different circumstances, of course. And if, if you have like a super high sex drive and you're totally cool jerking off twice a day and also having sex, you know, once, twice a day, like that's totally fine too. I'm just saying as a general rule of thumb, I would recommend it. Um, but I, you know, I don't think, I don't think porn in and of itself is a bad thing, but it can definitely affect the relationship um, in a in a negative way if people let it. And based on the posts that Kelsey and I have read a lot on Reddit, seems like a lot of guys get into this kind of routine where it's like they jerk off to everything and everyone else except their girlfriend. <laughs> so probably not a good idea. But also, uh, my girlfriend is insanely hot. So that also helps a lot. Well, I think that's where I'm going to end today, everybody. Hope you learned something new. Hope you enjoyed hearing me say the word orgasm about 50 times. Um, if, if you enjoyed the podcast, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, subscribe on like feeds. It has like a Libsyn. It's on Spotify. It's on things like that. Um, if you have your own questions or stories, you can send them to devilstanglepodcast at gmail.com and uh, Kelsey and I will read it and we'll have a good old laugh and discussion. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And I'll guess I'll catch you next time.